yeah, I just got my head to bed and I saw you were doing a space and I was figured, what the heck? Let's see who's on here and chatting. Yeah, uh, right now it's just kind of me, but it's going to be one of those. Um, I'll have to lay out some ground rules once I actually start the show, just to ways more people come in. I don't end up with a bunch of chaos. Because, you know, I think this is about the only way I can do call-ins, sort of, just because okay. the way it's routed from my computer into my board and back to the computer, I can't do a mix-minus, so I get all kinds of echo, and it's, ugh, it's a headache. So this is actually Bluetooth through my board, so it actually works out a lot better. Huh. Yeah, I didn't realize you had a... A podcast, but then again, everyone has a podcast. Right. <laughs> but in my defense, I did have mine before Keith, so. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I I love to listen and chat with people, but it's so hard to keep up. I run out of time to. You're entering the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is the Tyler Morgan Show on Podbean.com. Welcome to the Tyler Morgan Show live on Podbean.com and the Podbean app. Or listening on demand, wherever you choose to listen to it, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, wherever. RelentlessDaring.com slash podcast. You can listen to it there. Please visit the website. Um, So I'm doing something a little different tonight. I'm actually simulcasting this as a Twitter space. So those of you who are joining me in the Twitter space, um, right now I have everyone muted. I'm going to hit that button in a little bit. I'm going to lay some ground rules. You see, this is actually recording as we speak. That way you can go into the actual uploaded as a podcast later on. But just so I don't have a whole lot of shenanigans, I'm going to keep everyone muted. I'm going to hit the unmute, everyone. But before you just jump in, start speaking, please raise your hand. Let me know that you want to jump in. That way, I can kind of control the chaos. You see, I joke all the time about my producers. My producers are parrots that are in another room. There's Henry, the senior executive producer. He's pretty well got everything figured out. Wrigley, on the other hand, he's still in the apprentice stage, so we just can't have an apprentice parrot running everything all willy-nilly. So please, please, please try to maintain some semblance or else I'll just have to mute y'all and you get to listen to me ramble, blah, 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 blah. So that being said, please, again, I'm going to hit the unmute everybody button. Raise your hands. And now before I get started with the show, I have to talk about APR Coffee. American Pride Roasters is, in my opinion, one of the finest coffees known to the entire United States, maybe to, even to man, if I may go so far. Unfortunately, a couple weeks ago, uh, Dave Matthews, uh, the owner of the company, he ran the company out of his garage, literally out of his garage. Um, it was hit by a tornado and he lost almost everything so he's been um been fighting with insurance and all this trying to get back on his feet but if you uh, check out the show notes on the podcast there will be a link to his page on fundly that is trying to raise money to help him and faith and mr clarence his amazing dog get back on their feet so again american pride roasters coffee Historically great coffee. Please, please, please help out Dave if you can. Thank you so very much. All right. So into the show, diving into it. I hate to revisit the past. Unfortunately, the past just keeps begging to be revisited. 
In this case, it's Chris Cuomo. Again. I know, I just talked about Chris last week. Maybe even the week before that. I, I don't remember. Um, well, in the latest Cuomo drama, Chris Cuomo is wanting $125 million because he says he was unlawfully fired. <laughs> uh, all right, so this is coming out of AP, so you know it's guaranteed to be slanted to one side. Uh, Chris Cuomo wants an arbitrator to award him $125 million for his firing from CNN, alleging his bosses knew full well how he advised his brother, former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, and suggested they did the same themselves. His filing seeking arbitration on Wednesday exposed more ugliness at the network where Cuomo, CNN Chief Jeff Zucker, and his top deputy, Allison Gallist, have been ousted in the past three months. Oh, so sad. Uh, Zucker fired Cuomo, host of Network's most popular primetime show, in December after New York Attorney General's report publicly revealed new details about how he helped his brother strategize to fight sexual harassment allegations. Uh, his uh, lawyer, Mr. Brian Friedman, said it should be obvious by now that Chris Cuomo did not lie to CNN about helping his brother. In fact, as the limited information released from Warner Media's investigation makes clear, CNN's highest-level executives not only knew about Chris's involvement in helping his brother, but also actively assisted the governor, both through Chris and directly themselves. No comment Wednesday from uh, Representative for Zucker and Gallus. Uh, spokeswoman Risa Heller has denied the has denied in the past that Gallus, a former press aide to Governor Cuomo, offered advice or counsel to the governor. CNN has declined to comment. But honestly, this is more, more of Chris Cuomo playing the victim. I was just doing what I thought I needed to do to help my poor brother out. And they knew the entire time. But the problem with knowing it the entire time. Um, is that. He knew what he was doing was wrong. The CNN chiefs. Zucker and Gallist and anyone else who was involved. Knew it was wrong. The problem is. Now nobody wants to accept any responsibility for doing what they knew was wrong. And really, it, it's not a, not really a, anything new that goes on here. It's always, oh, well, you know, he's my brother. You know, what am I supposed to do? I, I don't know. Uh, during COVID-19, you could not be doing the Cuomo Brothers Comedy Hour, joking about the uh, size of nostrils and the size of uh, Q-tips to swab those nostrils. Maybe when your brother gets caught up in a huge scandal, how about not going, hey, um, here's how you should handle this. I know it's an incredibly hard, incredibly difficult concept, but maybe, perhaps, just not get involved. Recuse yourself. You can support your brother and say, hey, I understand you're going through this. Unfortunately, I can't give you any advice because it would look really bad. That would be the ethical thing to do. Unfortunately, CNN has a just has a huge lack of um, ethics. I mean, uh, was it Fareed Zachariah? He had his had on his show talking about this is the end of this is a, a post America world. 
And I kind of agree with that. Over the past two years, really the past year, uh, we have seen the United States lose any and all standing in the world. But you have people like Fareed Zachariah who, yeah, he's got a huge issue with um, stealing other people's work. Yeah, he's a bit of a has a bit of a plagiarism problem. Absolutely. But like you said, CNN, they're so above board. Now, while I think it's crap that Chris Cuomo was going to come and ask for $125 million because the you know top executives knew what he was doing, were encouraging him to do it, and were doing it themselves. doesn't negate the fact that he what he was doing was wrong, whether they knew about it or not. Now, don't get me wrong. If they knew about it, then they were wholly complicit. I think the whole lot of them should get a whole lot of nothing for violating the journalistic ethics at CNN. Absolutely disgusting that that it would just keep going on, keep going on, keep going on. But then again, they spent the last year, January 6th, January 6th, the day democracy almost died. Really? Leftists stormed the Supreme Court and the Senate during the Kavanaugh hearings. But did democracy almost die? No. In fact, you praised the morons storming the building for whatever reason. But you couldn't find a reason to go, huh, maybe those people on January 6th, maybe, yeah, they got a little little worked up and yeah, the people who are beating cops with flagpoles, they should definitely be punished. The people smashing out windows should be punished. But instead, they're also want to go for a general deterrent and grandma with her Yeti cup full of white Zinfandel. Yeah, she needs to go to prison for as long as possible to make a point that if you storm the Capitol, Holding a belief that we find reprehensible, you are scum. But hey, you know what? So what? Uh, yeah, the yeah, Bill Ayers. Yeah, you know he sent a couple. He sent a couple mail bombs to some judges and some cops and some congressmen, and you know he killed a couple people, wounded many others. But you know, he's a good guy. I mean. He's such a great guy. Barack Obama announced the start of his political career right there in his living room. I say it, it, it all depends on who you are. Um, if you are a black Democrat attorney general and you're found in contempt of Congress because you refuse to turn over documents, what happens to you? A whole lot of nothing. But if you're Steve Bannon and you refer refuse to turn over documents about things you may have known about January 6th, even though you are no longer working in the White House, not only are you going to be charged with contempt of Congress, you're actually going to have be criminally charged, not just we the Congress are going to be factless and we're going to find you in contempt. And that's all we're going to do because we have nothing better to go on. Like I said, uh, several of Trump's uh, former advisors, several of his, uh, you know, active advisors at the time, they were ordered to, you know, turn over documents, emails, and all that. 
And they said, uh, screw you, no, it's not happening. Not only were they found in contempt of Congress, they were actually criminally charged. He said, Steve Bannon. Well, that's coming from the Daily Mail for the best part, nonpartisan nude. I found it's better to go to England, to go to Daily Mail, <laughs> find things that are relatively nonpartisan. Uh, federal prosecutors admit they spied on Steve Bannon without approval from, Bright, from Biden's DOJ. Huh. What a shocker. How dare they? Uh, federal prosecutors targeting Steve Bannon for contempt of Congress admitted Wednesday they did not seek higher approval within the Justice Department before spying on Steve Bannon's lawyer. Ooh. Yeah, not only spying on him, spying on his lawyer. Huh. Attorney-client privilege? What the hell is that? A federal judge on Wednesday ordered the Justice Department to produce internal records related to their decision to prosecute Bannon, a win for the former Trump advisor. Uh, U.S. District Judge Carl Nichols seemed disturbed by the unusual move, repeatedly asking prosecutors why they thought it was proper to secretly gather records of defense attorney Robert Costello's private phone calls text messages, and emails. Nichols also said that Bannon's team should, should be offered Justice Department statements or writings that justify the decision to charge him with contempt of Congress, given the longstanding precedent former presidential advisors being immune to subpoenas. Amanda Vaughn, lead prosecutor on the case, told the court that her team never sought content of any communications. Instead, the DOJ sought toll records to see who Costello was calling or writing and when. Vaughn did not explicitly state why the Justice Department made the move, which could violate attorney-client privilege protections, but hinted that they wanted to make sure Bannon was relying on the advice of his lawyer when he refused to testify before the committee in October. Bannon's lawyers asserted that he did not meet the definition of willful contempt because he was relying on the advice of their advice. But Nichols didn't seem to buy that argument anyways. Published opinions by the White House Office of Legal Counsel, the OLC, says that senior presidential advisors are absolutely immune from compelled congressional testimony, which is why Bannon's lawyers say they advise their client not to testify. But prosecutors argue that the OLC opinions, which don't carry any legal weight, were not relevant to the contempt of Congress charges. Again, this is, this is more Trump witch hunt stuff because, again, Bannon did not work in the White House. He was fired like two years before because he was an amazing source of infighting and leaks to the press. And honestly, Bannon is like one of the worst people in the world for any president, Democrat or Republican, to have working in the White House. Uh, the man subscribes to a lot of political theory that... um. Frankly, it comes out of Alexander Dugan. The uh, I equate him to being Rasputin for Putin. Because he holds ideas that on the surface, when you first hear these ideas that, you know, traditional ideas that, oh, well, yeah, I can buy into that. And then you dig deeper and you push past the initial makes you feel all warm inside feet, uh, you know, raw, raw America, Chevrolet and apple pie, you know, patriot, patriotic Americana type, you know, feels you get, get from these things. And then, you get, um, this starts getting into some really scary territory about locking up people who don't believe in that. Mm. Ew, gross. No, no, no. I can't, can't get behind that guy. Mm -mm. Like I said, Steve Bannon mirrors a lot of this. And again, if he was not working in the White House at the time of January 6th, why would 
they be concerned? Now, is it possible that he was in communications with some of these guys who are um, questionable at best? These leaders of the three percenters of Oath Keepers and these other right-wing militia groups. If he was in communication with them and he has emails and texts that they've uncovered from that end of the investigation that goes, oh, look, they're talking to Steve Bannon about X, Y, and Z. Now we're going to draw Steve Bannon into it. Now we're going to look at Steve Bannon. That makes sense. But hitting him from the aspect of he used to work for the president. I mean, do we, can we have a more, a more obvious uh, canard to be chasing after here? The political left, I'll go a little, uh, little Peter Brady there. The political left that makes up so much of the bureaucracy in institutions such as the, the Department of Justice, the Department of State, the intelligence community, they will not be stopped, regardless of what their chief executive tells them. And if they have the opportunity to go after, you know, the former horseman of that executive, whom they refuse to follow their orders, then they're going to take every chance. Again, why would Congress demand the communications of someone who was not actively advising the president at the time of the incident? It would be like if Barack Obama, well, David Axelrod, his initial chief of staff, once he left and Valerie Jarrett came in, if something had happened during the Valerie Jarrett time frame, why would a Republican Congress go after David Axelrod? If Conservatives actually controlled the DOJ. Why would they be spying on David, David Axelrod for events that took place when he was not serving as an advisor to the president? Again, this is all insanity. This is just constantly just trying to you know, move down a path that, oh, everything that that last guy did was bad. And, and I'm not a 100% raw, raw Donald Trump shill. Those of you who have listened to this podcast long enough know that prior to 2020, I did not vote for the guy. After uh, Parkland, when Donald Trump was talking about red flag laws and take the guns first, due process second. Um, I was a hard pass on that. I actively called out Donald Trump on policy positions that I thought were bad. When Donald Trump offered National Guard to Congress prior to January 6th, knowing that there could be an issue, I supported that. That is called risk mitigation. 
when Aunt Nancy, who has the final say on are they going to accept the help from the National Guard to secure the Capitol just in case people get rowdy, she turned it down. Why isn't Nancy Pelosi having to ask questions about, um, you were offered this assistance beforehand. Why did you, why did you not accept it? Obviously somebody thought there was an, there could have been an issue arising. So why not take, why not take the help when offered? Because being ahead of a problem is way better than watching Thousands of people go traipsing through the Capitol and smashing windows and an innocent woman getting shot and killed. Aunt Nancy decided that she would rather risk having blood on her hands than admitting the soon-to-be former president was right. Period. End of story. I I will take a quick break and run some ads, and I will be right back. I want to talk to you about Keto Chow. Keto Chow is a small company out of Utah that uses the absolute best ingredients to make the absolute best weight loss products available on the market. Their first goal is flavor. Who wants to drink something as a meal replacer that tastes like crap? Keto Chow understands that this is a hard barrier for a lot of companies to break through. So they have some of the best flavors, cookies and cream, chocolate, vanilla, real strawberry. These are the best shakes I've ever had. I've been using them for a few months now and they are amazing. So go to the link in the show notes, check it out. You can search for recipes on how you can use their Keto Chow products to make amazing foods that taste amazing and help with your weight loss goals. KetoChow.xyz. Keto made easy. Drizzly is the leading home alcohol delivery service available. Imagine being able to sit at home and pull up your smartphone and browse your favorite wine beer, spirits, and then have it delivered to your home in as little as one hour. Go to drizzly.com or check out the link in the show notes and start shopping today. Not available in all areas. Please drink responsibly. Drizzly.com. All right, so getting back into things, um, I really don't even know where to begin. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with this one. So, do a little SCOTUS action here. So, as we know, Joe Biden has picked a nominee to replace the soon-to-be-retiring uh, What's his noodle? It's been a long day. I've been up since like four o'clock. I'm tired. I only have one glass of bourbon in me, so it's hard to keep up. Uh, Stephen Breyer. Oh my gosh, I feel so stupid. It's almost like they'll let anyone have a podcast these days. But so. So I said, Biden has picked his nominee. And so that means people on the judicial committee are starting to dig through her past. And well, some of her judicial rulings have uh, really bricked up the ears of Missouri Senator Josh Hawley. I do not have the Twitter thread pulled up, but he just kept going case after case after case where 
her sentencing have been, um, well, they were less than what the uh, government recommends. All right, so this is out of Politico, so y'all already know which side that's going to fall down on. This is the headline. Now, pay attention to the headline. It's going to come back. It's going to come back. GOP indicates plans to question KBJ. Oh, my gosh. They're, they're already giving her the KBJ. Well, you had, we had the RBJ. RBG, then the Republicans had the ACB, now we've got the KBJ. That sounds way too close to K to KGB. I'm just saying. Anyways, uh GOP indicates plans to question KBJ on handling of sex-related offenses. Okay. That seems like a fairly Clear-cut headline there. Uh, Senate Judiciary Republicans are circulating a document that takes aim at Supreme Court nominee's handling of sex-related offenses days before her confirmation hearings begin. I don't even remember which button it is now. No, you look like an idiot. Oh, that was rude. Um... Anyways, jo- Senator Josh Hawley states that in a series of criminal cases that came before Jackson during her eight years on the district court in Washington, she sentenced child pornography offenders to prison sentences below what federal sentencing guidelines recommend. Like I said, they buried the lead. Sex-related offenses and child pornography I mean, a sex-related offense could be any number of things. And I'm not downplaying the seriousness of them. Rape would be a sex-related offense. Obviously, groping a woman against her will would be a sex-related offense. So many things could be considered sex-related offenses. Abusing children and exploiting children is not sex-related. Period. End of story. But I digress. For more than a decade, criminal justice reform advocates and many federal many federal judges have complained publicly that, in part due to advances in technology, Those guidelines are are too harsh in cases involving only receipt or sharing of child pornography materials. Right. Democrats widely view Jackson's record as a public defender and her time on the U.S. Sentencing Commission as a selling point for her nomination, arguing that she brings a much-needed perspective to the high court. Republicans, however, are already signaling they'll make her time as a public defender on the commit and, and on the commission a key focus in their line of questioning. Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa, the top Republican on the Judiciary Committee, is also pushing for additional documents about Jackson's time on the commission. Oh, they're, they're writing it up as the Republicans are just so bad. Holly shot back in the Thursday tweet that Bates answers were juvenile histrionics and lacking substantive answers for the judicial record of a person they nominated. Later in the day, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki escalated the rhetorical tussle by calling Hawley's 2017 hesitance to reveal whether he would vote for Alabama GOP Senate nominee Roy Moore, who had romantically pursued teenage girls. Ah, yes, they're they're going back to Roy Moore, a man who, albeit tad on the creepy side that at his age, he was trying to be romantically involved with, you know, a girl who at the time, he didn't know her, but she was like 17, still within the age of consent for the state of Alabama. 
And he asked her out. He complimented her. Like I said, with the age difference, it was on the creepy side. Not going to deny that one. Not going to dispute that one. But as far as legality goes, it was perfectly above board. And they're going to attack Josh Hawley because, oh, he wouldn't come out and he wouldn't come out and say he was not supporting him. Well, he was actually publicly saying, hey, if you can't refute these claims, you need to drop out. That is not an endorsement. As the farthest thing from an endorsement, an endorsement would be like, I don't care if you did or not. I, I'm for this guy. But in this string of cases that Josh Hawley that had he had brought up, they were um, sentences like, okay, I get like if you're screwing around on the internet and you know you put your email in somewhere and then you get email sent to you. You're like, oh my God, you delete it immediately, but it's from a flagged site that bam, it's got your IP address because you open the email. Next thing you know, the FBI is knocking on your door and saying, uh, excuse me, sir, we need to check out your computer. That's one thing I'm willing. I am willing to say, okay, it's possible. Somebody made a horrible, horrible mistake and received unintended materials. But one of these people in these cases had hundreds of images on their computer. It should have been about 10 years in prison as the minimum, according to federal sentencing guidelines, KJB sentenced him to like 57 months, not even five years. Now, don't be wrong. The person is going to have to register as a sex offender and their life is going to go to hell anyways, as well it should. But truly the problem lies with having to, um, you know, explain to a family why, yeah, your child, your child's images from when they were exploited Ended up in this guy's hard drive, but I sentenced him to half the time because X, Y, and Z. There's been a lot of talk about how really the left is really wanting to push this stuff onto kids. The left is wanting to groom kids into behavior that is um, not good. And you have people who want to downplay adults having child pornography as well. You know, with the technology and everyone gets a little child porn on their computer every now and then. No. Like I said, if you get an email and you're stupid because you don't know who it's from and you open it and you get a virus. You're a moron. If you click on a link in an email from someone you don't know, and there is explicit photos of children being exploited, you're a moron. Do I think you're a criminal? No. But if you have, but if your name is Josh Duggar, and you have been actively treated for a sex addiction to the point where you are partitioning the hard drive on your computer and running a dark web browser on that other partition that your wife doesn't know about 
and you're downloading thousands of images of child pornography, I'm sorry. You don't get the benefit of the doubt of, well, you know, technology, you know, people make mistakes and blah, blah, blah. It's just so easy to come across. No, you get the book thrown at you. You don't die in prison. They bury you alive underneath it. Because if you, it's one thing, if you are more than willing to do that to a child, you are evil. You are scum. There is only one cure for what ails you, and that is a lead suppository through your face. And if you are a person who will download hundreds or thousands of images of people doing that to children or children who are being coached to do it to other children, you are just as evil because you are living vicariously through the, through those people on the other end of that camera lens. And you too have a disease that can only be cured by a lead suppository through your face. Call 811, flag the property, make sure you're not going to dig up any, you know, any underground cables or gas lines, and have a nice day. I don't think I'm in the minority on this. I live in a region where hearing of people who have been prosecuted for sex with minors is unfortunately a common thing. However, what's even more common is the number of people who fall into this Romeo and Juliet thing where they started dating where if they had sex as teenagers, it was okay. Then one of them turned 18. The other one was, was not yet old enough. And they get caught. And then suddenly he goes off to jail because she was not of the age of consent, but he was, even though they've been dating for the last two years. That is a common thing in this area. I know a handful of people who unfortunately had that horrible thing hanging above them. And it's awful. But again, that is something totally different than wanting to hurt children. Again, the fact that we have someone going to the Supreme Court, potentially, who has advocated for less strict sentencing guidelines for federal child porn cases who, despite what the sentencing guidelines say, these convictions should, you know, should have sentences handed down for, she has given significant, significantly less than even the minimum. I'm talking 40 to 50% less than the minimum. And the, again, not one or two images and they, that they got because they clicked on a link they shouldn't have because they were stupid and opened an email for someone they didn't know. People with hundreds of images. It's sickening. And I hope this is enough to actually stymie her nomination. Granted, she's going to make it out of, she's going to make it out of committee. But hopefully this is enough that even Democrat, that, you know, the handful of Democrats, okay, I say handful, the two Democrats, who are most likely going to go, ooh, yeah, my constituents wouldn't appreciate 
sending someone like that to the, to the Supreme Court who could potentially be hearing, you know, you know, SCOTUS level appeals for something that my child was a victim of. Hopefully, Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin fall on the right side of that vote. Now, I have no guarantees that they will. I mean, if, if anyone on the Democrat side of the aisle is going to go, yeah, that's, uh, that's a really questionable person to be sending up to the Supreme Court. You know, so it would be those two. Unfortunately, Republicans have more people than that on our side who are more than willing to go, well, we just need to be bipartisan. It is what it is. And we got ACB and we still, the Republican conservatives still have the majority on SCOTUS. So who cares? Because we know Mittens is going to would vote for her in a heartbeat. Susan Collins, who always wants to be, I want to be on the side of history, will probably vote for her. Lisa Murkowski from Alaska will probably vote for her. And so, as much as I would hate, love for her to not make it out of the committee, she probably will. <laughs> We're pinning hopes on not putting someone who has zero issues of, ah, you've got like 3,000 pictures of little girls being exploited on your computer. Instead of the 10 year minimum, I'm, you're going to get four and a half because, you know, it's an honest mistake. I, 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 there's too much of a stigma around, you know, people who possess child porn. Just because they have child porn doesn't mean they're actually hurting kids. No, but it is a stepping stone. Just because just because they have pictures doesn't mean they aren't capable of actually doing it themselves instead of living vicariously through some other sick, twisted freak. That being said, let's look at some more federal lawsuits before we wrap this thing up. This is coming out of the post-millennial. It is a story that broke. Um, did you do? Uh, doesn't have doesn't have a date on the headline, but. A Title IX complaint has been filed against the NCAA over Leah Thomas' participation in when in women's swimming. Which, if you haven't seen some of these video, some of these pictures, you know you have you have Leah Thomas uh, standing over there like a foot taller than his competitors. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm the national champion, but second, third, and fourth place all taking group photos down the other end. Leah Thomas, who swam as a man for three years for uh, for Penn, and then suddenly, uh, out of the blue, I feel pretty, is a woman swimming on the woman's team, bested two, not just one, two, Olympian female swimmers to win the national title in the 500-yard individual. On Thursday, Concerned Women for America filed a formal complaint with the U.S. Department of Education Office for Civil Rights against the University of Pennsylvania for allowing a biological male who identifies as a woman and goes by the name Leah Thomas to compete on the women's team. Uh, yes, and there are also stories on Leah Thomas, despite being asked by other members of the team to please cover up when in the locker room, your giant girl penis makes us very nervous and we don't like it. We don't want to see it. 
Uh, Leah Thomas refused to cover up his girl penis and just kind of flaunted it for everyone, making them incredibly uncomfortable. And the members of the team can't, they had to, uh, they had to lodge these complaints with me, with uh, reporters, you know, anonymously with their names off the record, because obviously <gasps> Leah Thomas's girl penis is, is, is offensive to you, you bigot. You can't be on this team. Why we're at this point in society, I don't know. Please, God, start pouring out the cups of wrath any moment. Please. In a letter to the Assistant Secretary for Civil Rights, Catherine Lehman, the group stated the complaint was filed against the school, quote, for its egregious violations of the protections for women on the basis of sex secured a half century ago in the landmark passage of Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972. Quote, Thomas is anatomically, biologically a male who should not be eligible to compete in women's sports, depriving anatomically and biologically female athletes of the opportunities afforded to them by law. The group wrote, noting that Thomas has displaced teammates in events and shattered records. Predictably, Thomas has set records and crushed women's aspirations as a male-bodied athlete competing in women's sports. Thomas' time in the 500-yard freestyle event at the Ivy League Championship was 7.5 seconds faster than the second-place finisher. Thomas' teammate, Catherine Broker, it's undeniable that Baroker was deprived of first place finish he earned in the women's category, the letter states. The group said the, said the school and Ivy League doubled down on supporting biological male winning these women's events by awarding Thomas first team all Ivy honors in three events and was selected as the athlete to represent UPenn on the 2021-2022 Ivy League women's swimming and diving academic all Ivy team. All significant career-enhancing opportunities that female student-athletes were deprived of because of sex, because of their unique biological design as females. And this is the argument that people should have been making from day one when they first decided, yeah, you know, we're going to let men compete with women. This is the argument that should have been made that people outside of conserv the conservative punditry class should have been making. Unfortunately, there are too many mealy-mouthed individuals that oh we're we're we're, we're scared. If if we come out, we say these things, people are going to think we're transphobes and bigots. Well, here's an idea. Before you say anything, reach down, reach down the front of your pants and find whatever is there. Man or woman, find what's there. Give what you've got a squeeze. Confirm that it is actually there. And then nut up and take a stand. It's not hard. You put your reputation out there. And yeah, the disparaging comments are going to be made. People are going to say naughty things about you. There'll be lies and rumors and smears. But hey, as long as you hold the line, you don't back down. You do not waver. You do not give in. You do not apologize for having this completely aberrant viewpoint that men are physically different than women, regardless of how they identify. And you back it up with scientific facts. They can say all the lies and smears about you they want, but in the end, you will be right. 
They know that. That's the reason why they have to hammer you, hammer you, hammer you, and force you to back off. And the more you have people who say things like, well, I, 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 I came at that from a totally wrong angle. What I meant to say was, and they immediately take a step back. They will continue to keep taking a step back until they fall off the cliff into irrelevancy. That is where we need to stand. Don't get me wrong. I don't hate trans people, women who want to be, who view themselves as men, men who view themselves as women. I don't hate them. Do I understand them? No. Of course, I don't understand myself half the time. Hell, I barely understand my wife half the time. We've been married for almost 20 years. Doesn't mean I hate her. Transgenderism, just like any ism, is, is a, has become religion. It has become a substitute for, re, for religion. It's part of the secular humanism. Because Oh, well, you know, this is just how I am. And this is an argument I've made repeatedly. What is the difference between someone with gender dysphoria who says, I feel like I am a man trapped in a woman's body. And I want to have a double mastectomy. And I want to have man parts made from made from me so i my body will match what i feel in my head how is that in or a man who says i i feel like a woman i should be a woman and then has himself castrated has boobs put in surgically has a medically created little bits of pieces. Um, all these, you know, they do, they do all these things to make themselves match the image in their head. How is that any different than a skinny girl who looks in the mirror and sees a fat girl and therefore goes on, goes on bouts of binging and purging that we call bulimia? Or just stops eating and what we call anorexia. How is it any different than having some form of some form of body dysmorphia where you survive something traumatic, but in your brain, I should have lost my leg in that car accident. It's like this everything below the knee, it shouldn't be there. It shouldn't be there. And then you you go to a doctor saying you got to take my leg and there's nothing, no medical reason. It's a, it's a psychiatric issue. They're not going to recommend you for surgery. They're going to recommend you for treatment to say, Hey, what's going on here? Why does it feel in your brain that you should not have anything below the knee? Unfortunately, now, if you have a young man who comes into a goes into his doctor's office and says that he that he should be a woman if that doctor does anything but gender affirmation treatment you know, he could be in he could possibly be losing his license over it he will be run out of the medical community on a rail because how dare you question their feelings well, I question the feelings of the guy who hears voices in his head and the voices tell him that he should be hurting people. I question that one, but I'm not I'm not getting bullied around because of it. 
The, the transgender issue is incredibly difficult and fraught with landmines. I believe there is a way to offer treatment. Now, at the end of the day, if you have you've done the psychotherapy and you've looked at all this stuff and a grown man or woman says, we, I want to have this transition surgery, this is how I want to live my life, then okay, so be it. But when you have when you have people telling schools, hey, if little Jimmy comes in and says he feels like little Janie, have a special place for them to change, and then we will recognize them as little Janie while they're at school, then they can change back and go back home as little Jimmy. That is wrong. Because then what should be an issue for parents to work out with their own children, within their family, with with their doctors, you are potentially enabling issues that could be a lot deeper than just, I feel pretty or I feel tough. You could be enabling other issues that could unfortunately lead to very bad roads, such as, I don't know, suicide. And one of the unfortunate, uh, one of the unfortunate side effects of the transgender movement is that even with transition, even with living as the opposite sex, suicide Suicide rates in that community are still higher than the national average. So really, are we talking about a lifestyle? Are we talking about what they believe is a legitimate God made me wrong? Or are we still actually talking about a mental health issue? One that should be taken seriously and treated with the utmost compassion. All right, that's going to wrap up the show for tonight. Those of you who are listening to this for the first time, you're not a subscriber, please subscribe or follow on whatever your platform of choice is. Once you have subscribed, three more things. It's the same four things every week. Number one, please subscribe. Number two, please rate it. Number three, please review it. Write something nice. Oh, when you rate it, five stars. I'll accept four. Three and below. We need to have a talk. But anyways, you want to review it, please write something nice. If you if you want to say I you know talk about myself too much and then you know, I'm a low rent Alex Jones. Hey, return the freaking frogs gay here. That's just what we do. Um, then once you have rate subscribed, rated, reviewed, call me low rent Alex Jones. A compliment of the highest order, I assure you. Please share this podcast. Send it to someone who you think will enjoy it. Spread the word. Or send it to someone who you know this episode is going to absolutely piss them off. I am happy with that too. I will I'm I love being a tool for the spreading of hate and discontent throughout the world. Kind of what I do. Again, thank you so much. If you want to support the show on the financial side, please you go to uh relentlessdaring.com, scroll down, you'll see a couple links. One is to PayPal. You can go there and uh you know send money on PayPal. Set up a one-time or a recurring donation, either or. Or, you know, maybe you just want to buy me a cup of coffee. Well, you go to my coffee account. K- go to ko-fi.com slash Tyler Morgan Show. Oh, that's a mouthful. And uh, there you can do, you know, buy, you know, three bucks, buy a cup of coffee. Or maybe you want to set up, you know, send a little bit more. Either or, uh, buy what you Pay for what you think this is worth to you. 
If this is worth five bucks, this is worth five bucks. If this is worth 20 bucks every month, make it 20 bucks. I'm the majority of this comes out of my pocket anyways, but you know, all the help that I can get because, Hey, I'm doing this as a service for you or because it's cheaper than therapy either, or pick your, pick your poison. I don't care. Uh, again, thank you so much for listening again. Oh yeah. Also in the, uh, the show notes, you will see my, uh, Venmo account, my Venmo. You want to Venmo me some money again? All this goes into, you know, equipment, uh, hosting fees, website fees, blah, 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 blah. All the, all the overhead you don't want to hear about. But again, I try to use it to make sure this is going to be better for you. Again, thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay relentless. The Tyler Morgan Show is a relentless daring media production. The Tyler Morgan Show is supported by its listeners. To support the show, go to ko-fi.com slash Tyler Morgan Show to donate there or relentlessdaring.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page to set up your donation. All music used in the Tyler Morgan Show is used with permission from purpleplanet.com. Link in the show notes. 2 Timothy 1-7